Welcome to the Relate Podcast, where you become equipped for the dynamic, fulfilling relationships you desire with others, yourself, and God. I'm Casey Sunstead, and I'll be your host as we continue the series, Origins, Your Past is Present. In the last episode, we explored how our past shows up in our present relationships, and we learned how to pay attention and look for signs that our past is showing up in our relationships today. And today's topic is a fun one. We're going to talk about the positive parts of our stories. I'm here with Tyler. Hi. Hi, Tyler. Hi. And September is here with us as well. Hi. Thanks for joining us. You guys, I was thinking about family of origin as we're making this conversation. It's almost like when you're looking to buy a car and you start to think, I'm going to buy this one particular car. And then when you're driving around, you see that car everywhere. That's how I feel about this family of origins conversation. I thought we were going to be buying cars and I was already way more stressed out than I was. No, no, no. It's like, because we're talking about family of origin, I'm noticing it pop up all over the place. Mm, That's true. And I was thinking about, for me, I'm noticing we have some family traditions that started in my family of origin that I still do with my kids. Do you guys have family traditions that you are continuing on with your families now? Well, what about you, Casey? Do you have traditions that you... So when I was a kid... My yeah. parents were obsessed with weather. We talked a lot about weather. Okay. We show we like watched the weather roll in together. And we would go in the garage and sit in the back of our van and open up the back doors. And we would watch the rain like pummel on the other side of the open garage door. And I still do that with my kids. I'm like, get in the car, get in the garage, there's rain you coming. You don't drive anywhere, you just sit in your garage. We literally just sit like where it's quiet, but we can hear, smell feel the rain. I loved doing that when I was a kid. And so now I make my kids do it with me. Are you sure you're not an Enneagram 4? Not even a little. <laughs> I'm just going to dwell on the rain for a minute. Let's just watch it roll down the, the window. Smell. The oh, smell of it. Smell See, of it. it's yeah. actually a great, that is a great That's tradition. A pretty good I love tradition, it. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind isn't so much a tradition as I almost want to call it a habit. One of the most beautiful parts, I think, of my parents was that their doors were always open. We lived on a farm. We had people who boarded horses and cattle on our ranch, and that door was always open to guests. And my mother always had a pot of coffee on, and we used to jokingly call mm-hmm. it, um, you know, Tita's Kitchen. Her name was Tita. Tita's kitchen is the door is always open. And then we often had people that were living with us for different seasons of their lives when they're having a hard time. And lo and behold, if we haven't accidentally followed in their footsteps, it's Scott so and I, cool because yeah. I don't know your parents, but I know I you know. and those things are so true of the Vaudries. <laughs> so there was something that rubbed off and seemed normal as a child, which I'm now realizing not every family has mm-hmm. random people live with them. You know, no, but ours did, and my current family does. So yeah, Tyler, is there like a holiday tradition? You know what? We have holiday traditions, but I did think of a, a good one: is bike rides. Mm. I don't know why mm. bike rides are like sacred, holy spaces for me. Even like as a kid, I remember being on the back of my mom's bike, and we just you know roll around and. But we do that today wow. with our kids, and um, each of us takes one of the boys and. It's just kind of it's funny because like you people flying by and there's noise around you, but you can really only hear what the people mm-hmm. around you on the bike are saying. So it's I don't know, it's a good space. People ask me what I wanted for my birthday. I was like, I just want to go for a bike ride. Aww. It's the best. So yeah. That's great. You cool, guys thanks. are building great memories with your kids. That's yeah. cool. 
Today's topic is a fun one. We're actually going to take a look at the positive things that we've held on to from our family of origin, the things that are impacting who we are today and how we show up in our relationships today. So September, can you start us off? I get why we would want to talk about and look at and maybe identify our negative parts of our childhood that are impacting us. But what do we gain by looking back for the positive threads that have kind of stuck with us? So you're right. I think it does seem logical that we would want to, you know, examine the the harder places, but you know what's helpful about the positive ones? Well, our lives are comprised of both, obviously. They've got positive pieces of our stories, and we've got some that are you know maybe not so positive. And when we look holistically at our whole childhood or our whole earlier experiences, then we're telling a more complete story. We're not just telling half a story. If we don't look at our past from both angles, our insights that we make will perhaps be accurate, but they'll be incomplete. Sure. There's a book that I love that's about story and understanding your story by an author named uh, Daniel Taylor. And the book is called Tell Me a Story. And he says this, your stories have shaped how you see yourself, the world, and your place in it. And by identifying the positive beliefs that we took from our childhoods, we give ourselves permission to embrace and develop those beautiful parts of ourselves. And, you know, then maybe to, to look for ways that we can leverage those best parts of ourselves as we build better relationships. So what are the most beautiful things about us and how can we maximize those and how we relate to others and the kind of relationships and friendships that we have? I love that part of that quote is the way you see yourself. And that feels motivating to me to be able to identify the positive things from our family of origin that are still impacting us, who made us who we are today, because it does shape the way we see ourselves. I think the part that you said that was really impactful for me, too, is this idea of holistic Mm -hmm. approach. I think it's easy to look back and see everything that you think was wrong. Yeah. And it's easy to blame, but I like to lean into the pain and discomfort of things. And so the positive aspects are important for me to remind myself of that. I think it's a little countercultural as well, because, you know, we, none of us want to be prideful or braggy about all of our great parts of us, right? right? You know, right. great character qualities that we have. We, you know, we live in a culture where it's off-putting if somebody is really braggy or something. You know, if we're not at least owning and embracing the parts of us that are strengths, then it's not that that that's not humble. That's just dishonest. Like it's actually more humble to be able to gently affirm the parts of us that are kind of a plus, you know, that are beneficial to other people and that are beneficial to ourselves. As we see the value in looking back for the positive, can you help us understand how to do that? There's so many stories, so many memories. How do we navigate through all that to find the threads that are really made us who we are? Mm three things come to mind. There's three directions that we can look. The first one would be just to look inward, you know, in our very souls, you know, who are we? What is our truest identity? And for those of us that consider ourselves to be, you know, Christians or that we have a a belief in God or people of faith, who has God created us to be? And that most beautiful part of each of us, it isn't something that we strived hard to develop. It's not something that we inherited from our parents or from positive experiences. It's actually just infused in us from the very moment of our inception. You know, we were created in God's image, it says in the pages of scripture. And so first and foremost, we can just embrace that we are modeled after an all-loving and all-creative God. And every one of us is a loved and valued child of God. We have intrinsic worth that surpasses our skills or our efforts or our character traits. You know, if you wonder about your value, 
in fact, I did this. I knew today we'd be talking about the positive traits. And I just Googled um, identity in Christ, which is kind of a, a phrase, you know, what, who is my identity? And so a couple, I jotted a couple down. One of them was um, that God calls us his children. It says in 1 John 3, 1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. I love the, the affirmation of that, right? You know, if you have a child or if you love a child, I mean, that's a powerful kind of love. It's an unconditional kind of love. And I love the idea that we're children of God. So that's part of our identity. That's part of that looking inward to identify who we are. Scripture says that we are God's masterpiece. Um, Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece created to do good works. Like he, he has a plan, good stuff for us, lined up for us to do. And then also in the Old Testament, the first half of the first two thirds of the Bible, the, the pre-Jesus era of scripture, if you would, the prophet Isaiah says this, see, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. I love that. It's like God was a tattoo artist and he loved us so much that he actually tattooed us right on his hands. Not just one hand, both hands. So that he's, you know, we're regularly in his line of sight. So um, I think that when God looks at us, if we can somehow filter ourselves by looking inward into who God created us to be, I just think that that is a great way of kind of right-sizing that beautiful part of us. So that's the first one would be to look inward. The second one would be to look outward. So what do the people around you like about you? (laughs) You know, what compliments consistently come your way? I mean, it's not like everyone spends all of their time just giving compliments to you, I'm sure. Are there some themes of things that come up about you? You know, and then and take note of those. You know, what are they? You know, what do your friends or your family most appreciate about you? And it's likely that you're able to pick out a couple of things. And those are probably some of the, you know, the, the most beautiful parts of you that, that are blessing somebody else in your relationship with them. Those are worth paying attention to. That's part of the beauty in you is stuff that other people regularly notice. Yeah. When I to. consider that for myself, I think of the role that I ended up playing in my family. Mm-hmm. Is that a good place yeah, to look for, for some sure. data on this too? Yeah. Well, <laughs> it could be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sometimes family can give you a wonky version of yourself depending on, mm-hmm. you know, what that dynamic was like. But yeah, oftentimes when there's positive words coming your way, family is a great resource. Positive. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Helpful. So we've got look inward, we've got look outward. And then the third one, look upward. And what I mean by that, there's actually a tool for this kind of work. It's called the genogram. And the genogram, the word genogram is kind of a fancy word for a family tree where you kind of explore the people that went before you, the generations that went before you. So, you know, if you were just to sketch out your family tree, say go back maybe three or four generations, as, as far back as maybe you know some of the players, you know, like I don't know a lot about my great-great-grandparents, but I actually know a fair amount about my great-grandparents. So if I were to do a genogram, I would go back, me, my parents, my grandparents, I would, I would sketch in some stuff about my great-grandparents. That'd be four layers, right? And then um, you add notes about each person in your story. So, so if you, we were doing a genogram and we wanted to uncover like some of the most beautiful or positive parts of us, one way to do that would be to look back and start just listing some adjectives or character traits or qualities about those people. So you're going to sketch something positive by each of their names. So when you say sketch things next to their names, yeah. are you just talking about like anything, like physical characteristics or like... <laughs> Like, I got my great-grandfather's hair, so I expect to have it until I die type Perfect. of thing. Yeah. It, was it a positive? Did he have nice hair? Yeah. I okay, mean, well, there you go. They say it comes from, like, you know, your mom's side of right, like right. whatever. And I'm like, well, I'm in good shape if that's true. But. <laughs> well, Tyler, that would be one positive thing you could put. <laughs> hair. Thank you for sharing. No, actually, I mean, yeah, you could put physical things for sure. But also, I'm thinking really more the emotional stuff. So. Yeah. 
Like, you know, what are some of the characteristics of, of your grandfather? Was he high nurture? Was he gentle, quiet, outgoing? Was he a spiritual person? Was he stable? Was he funny? Was he hardworking? Was he honest? You know, what are some like positive things that you might have known about that particular person? And just write down two or three things and do that for each of the people that are in your story. It can be a little tricky because sometimes we have people in our stories where not a lot of positive comes to mind. But I was going to say, like going back to my great grandfather, I'm like, well... I've yeah. got a weird lens for him because I've only heard the negative stuff. Right, you know? right, like, right. So you don't have to, don't force stuff that isn't there. But if something is there, just take a note of it. So it might not be just characteristics. It could be events that happened in your family. You know, maybe you know that your grandfather got an, uh, an award or a promotion that significantly changed the trajectory of your family, you know, or maybe there was an educational opportunity or vocational opportunity, or um, maybe there was a meaningful friendship that modeled something to you, in, you know, two generations generations later. Or maybe it's just the fact that the generations before you all got divorced, but your actual parents stayed married. That's, you know, that's the case for me. Like, I'm super proud of the fact that my parents have been married for 55-ish years, 56 years almost. Yeah. And so and for the genogram... Faithful, faithful, loyal, yeah. exactly right. And, and then what? Another one might be like, um, what roles did some of the people play in your family? You know, where did they play the role of the helpful one, or they played the role of mother figure? So maybe you had a favorite aunt that was a mother figure to you, even though she wasn't your mom. You know, or maybe you had somebody who was a really strong provider during the depression, or you know, what are some of the roles <laughs> that people played? That's going way back, but you know. Well, and I laugh because my grandfather like kept everything in his garage. It was like stacked full of things that I would have thrown away 17 times by now, but it's because of the Great Depression. He was a, yep. de a depression yeah. child, right? Mm -hmm. So there's something in a way kind of beautiful about that, that he wanted to provide security. So the and other things that you might be able to take note of would be like issues in your family. Like how did your family handle diversity? Like if they were super open to people who were different from them, that's mm -hmm. a huge positive and that definitely affects a child. You know, did they embrace those differences? Were they, did they model gender role equality? So women were weren't just there to serve the men, but they were actually empowered as individuals. Did they handle conflict well? Did they forgive others well? Did they face adversity with resilience? You know, did they have good relationship with money and finances? They were responsible or, you know, they, did, they avoided debt or... So there's some, you know, things around issues that they, you know, might have been a positive that you could take a note of. And then also just like, how did they respond to different values? So like the value of responsibility the value of kindness, you know, are these character sort of like bigger picture character traits, like they found that it was important, like creativity was an important thing. So even if they weren't creative, they valued creativity. So what are some of those values? So there's characteristics, events, roles, issues, values, I mean, anything else that you want to put in there, but just positive things, just two or three things by, you know, as many of your characters in your story that you can think of. September, I have actually sat down and tried to do a genogram before yeah, and had a hard time because I don't know all the players, uh, especially above my parents and especially above my grandparents. Yeah. So what do you do if, like, I don't know what kind of person they were. Do you have suggestions? Well, you shouldn't make stuff up, but one thing you could do would be to do a little recon, you know, talk to somebody like if you're if you didn't know your grandparents very well, but your mom is, you know, available to you to talk to, ask, mm -hmm. you know. You know, ask like my husband did this recently. He got together with his own mom. He wanted to learn more about her family and he learned some beautiful parts of her story as a result of that conversation. So, you know, we can do some research, we can talk to other people. 
So once you've got a bunch of things jotted down and your genogram now looks messy because you've written all over it, now you go back and look for threads. So practically speaking, maybe take a different color pen or something and then just look for common words. Like when I did my genogram, I was shocked to find, like in my family, my mom is artistic and creative and it's one of her more, more beautiful qualities. She's always making stuff and I love that about her. I have a little bit of that in me. My kids have that. So I kind of assumed that the whole creativity thing kind of came from her side of the family exclusively. When I did my genogram, I started to realize how very creative my dad is. It just looks different. And how his mother was actually a concert pianist in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole artistic stream that comes from his side. And then I started to notice how voracious learners kind of populated my dad's whole side of the family. People that are hungry for knowledge. They love to learn stuff which is one of the qualities that people are either appreciative or annoyed by me. Like I, I, I think I can be that way too. I love to learn stuff. Nothing is not interesting to me. Mm. And um, so it's fun when you start to do the math and you realize, wow, I didn't just randomly end up this way. This was a beautiful baton handed down to me from multiple generations. Mm. And I can imagine if you're sitting with your genogram and you see thread, like you even said, on both sides, mm -hmm. there's strong creativity. Then when you're, you know, walking through your life and creativity shows up in you, you you're like, I come by this so naturally. And yeah. you, you create room for it. That's a great, I love that image. You create room for it. Because you're right. If, if you know that it's in you because you can tell, you know, objectively that it comes your way. It's not just some whim that I feel right. like right in this moment. Ah, yeah. Like, yeah, I think it, it kind of validates it for ourselves a little bit. It's like, wow, that is that is me. I, I can own that. And then I will kind of put, invest some time in it or I'll lean into that part of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So like through this process, I said at the beginning that mm -hmm. it is, I do like to dwell more on negative and the people like through these types of processes, I do end up being like, okay, there's actually a whole lot of negative here. Yeah. Do we just ignore that? Do we let that part, is this not the part of the process that um, that comes into it or... How do we deal with all the negative aspects yeah, of the, yeah, going yeah, yeah. back to? You know, I mean, so next episode, we'll be actually focusing on the negative. So if you're going to go ahead and do the whole genogram tool, which I, I really recommend, I think I do think it's a super handy tool. It's very widespread. You can read about it on the internet. But um, maybe just you could do it side by side, I suppose. You could take a you know green pen for the positive things and a red pen for the negatives. And if it's easier for you to do it that way and you write down the positive and negative for each person as you go through, go for it. Total freedom. Make it up as you want. It's your it's your deal. But yeah, that might make more sense rather than trying to force yourself to only think you know mm. about the positive if, if the negatives keep overshadowing. There might be people engaging with this conversation thinking, no, really, you don't understand. My My childhood was rough. And it would be really hard for me to do an exercise where I just think about the positive. Mm. What would you say to people? Well, first, I think probably collectively we could say to them, we, we hear you and we get that. And in no way should this conversation be encouraging you to paint your childhood in a brush that is not authentic. Okay, so first and foremost, that. Mm -hmm. Second... And this is just my opinion, and I'm not a therapist. This is just a person yakking at you. But I do <laughs> believe that even in the most grim or raw situation, there were glimmers of beauty. We just have to mine them. We have to find them. There are places where God showed up, and it, maybe it wasn't through the hands of parents who weren't benevolent. Maybe it was through a word from a teacher or a coach or the neighbor's mom or something. But what were those things, and how, how can we identify them? I, I'm thinking of a, a friend of mine 
let's just, for the sake of this conversation, call her Sharon, who had a childhood like you just described. She mm-hmm. had parents that were not benevolent. She had an absent mom. She had an aggressive and abusive dad. Dad passes away. Mom gets sick. And Sharon flies to town to care for the mom on her deathbed. Her mom had uh, cancer. So Sharon's in that situation where she cannot think of, there's just not much positive to say. And she wanted, for her own sake, to have some resolution. And so she was able to look back in the days that she spent there and identify some character traits in herself that she knew came from her mom, whether or not her mom intended it. So she noticed she's got a good sense of humor. And her mom, even though she was kind of unkind to Sharon, she's actually really had a quick wit. And she knew she got her humor probably from her mom. Same thing with her work ethic. Same thing with her sense that she could just figure things out. And in the hospital, before her mom passed away, she was able to thank her mom for those things. Now, I'm not saying that everybody needs to go and have some little nice moment like that. Sometimes it's not a safe or wise thing to do that. Sadly, in her situation, her mom never did like to say, oh, thank you. I love you. It didn't end well. But Sharon walked away with peace and with a, a more accurate story. She was no longer telling herself an incomplete story. She knew in her soul the wounds that had been caused, but she was able to identify the beauty as well and to claim it for herself, even if it didn't, did or did not mean anything to her mom. So there's one thing is just to make sure that you can give voice to that, not because the unbenevolent people in your family deserve it, but because you deserve it. You deserve to have a story that is accurate and complete. Accurate and complete. So sometimes the pendulum can swing the other way. You know, it it might be, for example, my dad had a vicious temper. I am not going to yell at my kids, right? So your dad, you had a negative experience that became a beautiful part of you. You know, my parents um, worked 80-hour work weeks. I'm going to make sure me or my spouse are going to be home when those kids get off the bus. You know, you make a different choice because of the painful thing actually becomes a beautiful thing in your own life. I was going to say like that when I referenced some of my my great-grandfather and trying to find positive things, that's hard for me to find positive things, Mm -hmm. but... The fact that he was a chauvinist, you know, I saw the way he treated my grandmother and the way that it affected her, it affected my my dad. It has made me an advocate for, you know, equality for yeah. women. Um, that is the perfect example, right? That, that negative aspect really painted a positive future for everybody who interacted with it. Absolutely. That's a great example, Tyler. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. For some people, it's easier to look at the positives, and some people, it's easier to look at the negatives. It's hard to put them aside. Yes. Makes sense. I don't want to say that I'm a pessimist. No. Because my cup is definitely at least half full. Yeah. I like to say you're a realist. I'm just, You're aware of the cup fullness. I'm a little bit, yeah. So really, you know, when it comes down to identifying some of those positives, you know, there's three places we can look. We can look inward, we can look outward, and we can look upward. We can look at the families that went before us and see what we can notice. Amazing. Thanks for helping us think through ways we can collect this data and, and again, pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, September. Super helpful. So, Tyler, next week you're going to shine. Next week we are going to take a look at our negative Mm -hmm. inputs. Yes. Already excited. (laughs) But can you join us this week as we talk about the positive? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll play ball. Let's okay. do this thing. Thank you. When we hear September, help us understand where we can gather this data or this information Is there anything that's popping up for us? What are some positive things that you see in yourself that you know is this is from my family? I think for me, the thing that stuck out, you talked about marriage Mm -hmm. and that's definitely pervasive in our family. But beyond that, there is a um, spirituality that people have had and I don't want to limit it to just Christianity. There is a desire for really a morality that is encased in Mm -hmm. Christianity. That context has helped us navigate the world in a productive way and raise a pretty 
stable family unit. Mm. Um, even our extended family, we've never had like quarrels that, I mean, I have plenty of friends who have stories of, you know, just very unsafe or unproductive or unhealthy environments. And I'm pretty blessed to not have that. And I think same thing for my wife. I think we've, we both feel really blessed by that aspect of our family of origin. We have a strong morality sense encased in, in a rich history of faith mm. that helps us. I don't know if that an, answers the question. Yeah, absolutely. If it's something that you noticed and yeah. you can see it through your family tree. I thought it was cool how you were talking about feedback that you get through your life, because I think that does come to us whether we're asking for it or not. And for me, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about this celebration and tradition thing. And even when we opened this conversation talking about our family traditions, people are constantly giving me feedback. You play so well. You create so many family traditions or experiences for your kids. And I'm like, isn't that kind of how everybody parents? Isn't that nope. everyone's experience? Turns out, yeah. yeah. And I realize it is such a strong theme from my family, both sides of my family. It's like we play, we celebrate the tiniest little thing. We throw a surprise party That's for people. That's why you're people. so good at parties. Yeah. You're like the head of the party planning committee. I always try to be. Yeah. And I, I love it, but I come by it so naturally. And, you know, one of the things that I love about that part of you, because I will totally affirm that in you, is that it absolutely affects relationships outside your family. Like if you celebrate everybody's things, like you, you, you've got a close group of friends and you guys celebrate each other's births of their babies and their birthdays and their milestones, and you do the same thing for your team at work, like it affects how you relate to others. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. You know, Tyler, you gave the example of marriage and, and the kind of the strong moral footing that your parents gave you and how that's affecting the kind of marriage that you have today. It affects your relationships. And for me, mine were not as deep as the ones that you shared. I think I shared about creativity and I shared about, you know, being a voracious learner, but absolutely that has that it particularly affected how I parented my kids. Um, a affirming the value of creativity, affirming the value of education and learning. And I think it's probably something I'm hoping that I bring to my team at work, for yeah. example. And so it does affect how we relate. And that's the whole point of this. It's not just to pat ourselves on the back for our strengths and or the great, beautiful parts of us. It's actually, how is this going to help me do life better through having better relationships? When I think it's interesting when you said what's unique about you, mm -hmm. like when you know it's unique about you and you know it, it's something in your story that is so pervasive in your relationships today, you know, like this is the role I'm supposed to play. Tyler's making fun of me saying I'm the head of every party planning committee, but actually I, I'm like, oh, that's that's, that's my unique role. Well, somebody's yeah. got to do it, right. right? For sure. And I've been taught how to do that since I was three days old, right? So I know I know my unique contribution because it's so evident from my family. Yeah. Remember, I thought it was really cool that when we started asking you to help us look mm -hmm. back, you started with "Look at who God says you are." That was such an interesting way to start that work, and so it makes me wonder, you guys. Is that easy or hard for us to do, to look at who God says we are and make that part of our story? For me, when I get negative, which is hmm. probably less frequent than I actually make it sound, <laughs> that's what I fall back on, is like the things that I'm feeling self-conscious about or the insecurities that I have about who I am or the things that I'm doing with my life or, you know, everybody has bad parenting days those things is like, listen, you were made to go through this and you were made to, to feel this pain because it helps you. It helps you grow closer to your creator. Mm. You know, sometimes I think we can, we can do a course correction 
if we if we look to God as all loving and us as a child, um, in a way it reparents us. So those of us who you know people who did have a challenging situation with their with their family of origin, um, this is how God intended it. it in, he intended parenting to be an all loving experience, and that you are infinitely valuable, not because of what you do or don't do, but because of because you're God's child, period, end of sentence. And so I think there can be some real beauty um, just in giving ourselves permission to go, you know, none of us had a perfect earthly father. I, I do have a perfect heavenly father who loves me unconditionally. And, and so sometimes it can be in, in, in embracing God as our good father um, that some real healing and reparenting can happen. For me, I was thinking about it as the things that God says are true about us, that we are made um, to reflect who he is, that we are loved, all those. I, I find myself saying like, of course, of course, about all the people. But then it's a whole other thing to say, do I believe that that is true about me specifically? Hmm. And to, to make it such a me and God, he's saying it about you, Casey, just you. That's true of you. Um, and making it more of a personal thing. That's that's a little bit more work, a little bit deeper of a process for me. Yeah. This listing of all your positive traits, we've talked about how uncomfortable that can be. It sort of reminds me of a job interview when they say, tell us about yourself. And <laughs> you're supposed to come with your best stuff, right? But um, this conversation helps me get kind of excited about people identifying their positive things, whether it's from um, the messages they receive from God or the messages they receive from their family. It kind of gives us permission to, to lean into that part of us. And once we label it, we make it almost more real about ourselves. So thanks for helping us go down this road and see the value in this. And we have some discussion questions that you guys can consider. We invite you to consider these now. We'll leave a little bit of space as we read the questions. But we also encourage you, this is a podcast about relationships. We encourage you to grab the people around you that are in your circle and and discuss these questions with them as well. Question one, what positive threads can you trace back to earlier generations in your family? Two, what positive traits do others affirm in you? Three, how do your most beautiful traits and your positive beliefs about yourself show up in your relationships? And four, is it easy or hard for you to view yourself as a loved and valued child of God. Why? for joining the conversation today. If you're interested in learning more, you can check out the show notes where you can find discussion questions that you can continue the conversation with important people in your life. If you're finding this podcast helpful, 
spread the word. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes. Let's expand the community of people committed to doing life better by building better relationships. Join us next week as we take a look at how the negative inputs from our stories cultivated untrue beliefs and unhelpful ways of relating with others and what we can do about it.